2: Live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts, Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi. Are you ready?
3: Are you ready? Let's get it on! Even if you're not ready, it's time to get it on. That's right, it is Wrestling Observer Live here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. I am Mike Sempervivi, and however you're joining me today, whether it be through TuneIn, I heart American Forces Radio over the area affiliates over the area affiliates over the air affiliates as well too like the mightier 1090 on replay Sirius XM 156 via podcast or streaming on Twitch and or on YouTube just want to say thank you for spending a little bit of time with me today I need to thank filthy Tom Waller for spending some time with me this week that's right folks party's over dad's about on his way home Fact he, we know he has reached Seattle-Tacoma International Airport. Brian Alvarez has because he has already tweeted at them about their lack of maintenance on the roof where he decided to park knowing snow was going to be coming into the area. Well, that snow is, uh, possibly has impeded his way getting out of that airport. But hopefully he is on his way home. And for subscribers of the F4WOnline.com Empire... He should be back for a Brian and Vinny show tonight, and then everything should be back on schedule again. But we'll see tomorrow on this program. But I have a feeling it'll be me and the boss man again. And Filthy Tom, you're going to have to wait on until next Monday and get a subscription to F4WOnline.com so you can hear his show that he does, Filthy Four Daily, every Monday with Brian. But a lot to get in here to, to get into today with Tom. Probably going to be the last time this week we talk about stardom, and we got a preview of the show coming up. Utami Hayashishida against Yuri. This is going to be their fourth battle this year, their third of real note, and double knockout. We went to a draw. And now we're going to have the, the ultimate match between the two. It is going to be awesome. It should be awesome. Uh, Hayashishida Shishida, arguably the Wrestler of the Year, regardless of gender, certainly may be the Women's Wrestler of the Year. I think she's clearly that. And she is as valuable to her promotion as anybody else is to theirs. So the Feud of the Year, it's up there as well, too. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into Monday Night Raw, as well as several other things, including why Scarlet Bordeaux was not with Carrie and Cross during the end of their run together in WWE get into all that stuff when we get back from break Wrestling Observer Live
4: what are you so happy about? I'm on the pill aren't you two a bit old to worry about having more kids? Not her me, uh, you lost me there buddy
1: 1759.
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back on the show, Wrestling Observer Live, Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. One thing I'm going to miss when Brian comes back Uh, are are the uh, break banters that are taking place between producer Daniel, producer Dom, uh, Filthy and I. Filthy, who is really into this show today, as you can tell, as he's working out, doing hand exercises, so the arthritis doesn't set in in his
5: old age. What, what what, What are you doing? I'm using a gripper, you know, after watching all these doink matches and seeing that finish against Tugboat where he tugged him. I've been trying to work on my hand strength so I can bring that move back. Into the fold.
3: Yeah, for those who don't follow Filthy Tom on on Twitter, you should, Filthy Tom Lawler. He he retweeted a match or tweeted a match of Doink and Tugboat where apparently the announcers say that Doink was trying to go for a wedgie, is is what he said. But it looked like it was a, uh, what would you call that? It
5: was a a rare frontal wedgie.
3: It was, yes, it was a a small package of a different form there in a... uh, (laughs) in a scrunched up hand form of doink there for the, uh, the pin, which Tugboat did not look very happy about popped up immediately afterwards. So uh, yeah, so there, there was that, but yes, all the doink talk is now going to go away with boss man coming back on the show. I assume if he can actually make his way off the roof of Seattle, Tacoma international airport,
5: no more clowning around. There'll probably be no more doink talk on the airwaves. There'll probably be no more stardom talk after today because he probably won't have time to watch it during his travels but
3: i'm not going to be here friday by the way he should know that i'm going to say this now because i'm going to do what he does to me which is just tell (laughs) everybody else except for the person that you do the show with that i'm not going to be here friday because i'm going to the game changer shows so that's that maybe i'll just log
5: on maybe i'll just (laughs) log on at at the time and surprise him (laughs) you
3: should you should actually do that that's he would deserve something like that, that sort of surprise. But, you know, I, I guess we, we have a lot to get into, and obviously that stardom show is going to be one thing, but I did want to note this, since it just shot across the wire here, uh, from from Fightful, uh, retweeted by Denise Salcedo, or our own Denise Salcedo. Uh, Scarlet Bordeaux apparently did the Rene Paquette Oral Sessions podcast and explained why she was not on TV with Karrion Cross? With all of us wondering, has Vince lost his mind? Why would you not have her on the roster with him? What is going on here? This made absolutely no sense. Well, it made some sense from a medical point of view in that she told Renee that, quote, I wasn't medically cleared yet. I was having matches before Raw and SmackDown because they wanted me to wrestle. After the second match, everything was going great. I get home and look in the mirror and I'm like, Oh, one of these doesn't look like the other. She was talking about her boobs. The next day was NXT, and I immediately go to medical, and I'm like, Hey, I'm not sure if I'm going crazy or if they always look like this. Maybe I'm just tired. I don't know why she would have asked Karrion Cross. She probably could have asked him, and he would have been able to figure that out for her. But anyway, she went on to say, with the adrenaline from wrestling, you don't notice certain things hurt all the time, so I didn't think anything of it. I went to medical, and they were like, yes, one of your boobs is totally gone. I was like, I can get the surgery and can manage and be at ringside. That's no problem. I just can't wrestle right, right away. The plan was, I guess, for me to wrestle, so they were like, when you're totally clear, you're going to wrestle. They scrapped all the managing stuff at that point, and I was sitting at home for those last four months just waiting. So, there you go. There is why Scarlett Bordeaux was not with Karrion Kross uh, during his run in uh, on the main roster with WWE there.
5: What boob on the writing team or... Uh, Management team thought that she was going to be better served wrestling in the ring than doing what she's been doing throughout her entire career, which is largely being a manager. Why would they change this now at this point? They did the same thing. Uh, I mean, Zelina Vega, sure, she was a wrestler, but she was better served in the managing role. And I understand that I guess they just don't like managers. You know, I guess you know what they don't. No, they're, they're much like the UFC. They do not <laughs> like managers. They don't like having representation for their fighters. <laughs> they're completely against it. And we are seeing it play out. That's ridiculous. You know what I mean? And then when she's injured and there's nothing that she can do Dude. except for manage, why don't you have her do so? It was already part of the act in NXT. Why change it and make Karrion Cross into some bizarre you know remake of gladiator the movie from 2000 in the ring it, it just makes no sense to me um also yeah scarlet probably could have asked one of a million people what they thought about her boobs uh you know judging by her fan base out there um but carrion cross seems like he likes to do most of his work and most of his submissions come from the back So perhaps he wouldn't have had the, you know, the proper know-how there.
3: I wonder if Miro is using the uh, same hand grip you are right now as he uh, continues to to fight God, who keeps interfering with his uh, path to get to his hot and flexible wife, as he uh, mentioned during Rampage again on Friday.
5: What a great promo uh, by Miro as well. Uh, I thought it was just phenomenal. A lot better... Than some of the promos that we were uh, subjected to last night on Monday Night Raw, which they weren't terrible when it comes to the content, but with everybody out with all the COVID uh, situation happening in WWE on the main roster, uh, some of the interviews just went a little bit long, Mike, and I would think that was the biggest detriment of the show.
3: It really was. I mean, it was a show of filibustering, and that was the worst you really can say about it. I mean, under the circumstances with COVID, the way it has ravaged the roster, whether either people have it or they're concerned with people getting it and not being able to compete at day one. You know, whatever the issues are, the production, we talked about it yesterday with the producers that have been, uh, that w- they were basically cut in half yesterday. Uh, Bruce Pritchard is apparently ill, so it's, you know, it- it's not a good time right now uh, when it comes to that aspect of things.
5: I actually have a friend that attended a WWE show last night, and it wasn't Monday Night Raw, because for some reason... On the same evening, they are running Monday Night Raw during this time. They are also scheduling house shows. So there was a house show, a SmackDown house show running in Orlando without Roman Reigns, which they announced as the show began. Uh, it was headlined by what ended up being Drew McIntyre and Sheamus challenging the Usos and then having a street fight match themselves uh, with the depleted roster. So I don't understand, especially... In the situation that we're in now. Why? What is the need to run two shows? Especially, you're running one in Orlando, which you run all the time with NXT. It's not as if you're trying to gain, uh, you know, new fans in this market. Um, It doesn't make much sense to me, but alas, that's the way it was done. Uh, Raw itself, while the interviews went on a little bit long, they filibustered a little bit too much. Which is much like this show sometimes. I thought the in-ring action that I saw was pretty damn good.
3: It was. It was. And we'll we'll get into raw in more detail after the break. But you talk about, like, you know, house shows that they do. They need to run those shows, and I don't believe that they do. You know, I don't know what they make off of, you know, the the merchandise at at the house shows. That may have something to do with it. But it's like when you were running New York, and, yeah, they traditionally do that December show every year after the holidays and i mean it's come up i had to be a geek broke out the wrestling at the garden book and and went back in that and you know that garden show was the fifth one in a very short period of time that's just wwe shows in the area then you had the four aew shows that they were selling tickets to or were having in the area and it's like did they need to have that show And you hear the numbers, and it's amazing because since 1937, it was the third least attended show as far as paid tickets go. When you hear 6,800, I think is what they, the official number, you know, as far as people in the building goes, you look at it and you go, it's not that bad. But when you look at what was paid, it's like, you know, it's probably time to have some pause on this and go, You know, yeah, it's New York, it's COVID, there are a lot of issues with this one, but when you look at the landscape of things, when you look at the amount of money that they're making from Peacock when they're making off their TV deals, maybe they need to figure out a better way to sell the merch and not worry about going on the road so much for these shows. But, you know, what can I say? The guys who need to go on the shows are in NXT, and we're not going to talk about that show. Filthy Tom Lawler, Mike Semper, VV Wrestling Observer Live.
1: Twenty eighty.
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back on the show, Mike Sempervivi here with you, Wrestling Observer Live, Filthy Tom Lawler joining me. You know, Filthy, you were talking about your friend going to that show. Why did he go to that
5: show? Got free tickets. Mm.
3: What kind of merch did he pick up there?
5: stone cold steve austin t-shirt
3: you go to a show they're still selling t-shirts of a man from 25 years ago and i'm not trying to be uh rude or offensive to stone cold steve austin wouldn't do such a thing but it's kind of scary to think that probably there are people going there skipping right over there's cedric alexander's t-shirt there's this there's that there's this one nope they're going right for stone cold steve austin and the undertaker
5: Uh, He actually sent me the card, the lineup, before he went to the show, and he said, I think if I had to, I could pick out Sheamus and possibly and many more.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's not a good sign. That is not a good sign. Speaking of merchandise, do you think there's a market for any of these? Mike Sempervivi bobblehead
5: dolls? I mean, there is a Josh Matthews uh, wrestling buddy, which is – now being sold by Persona Non Grata Pro Wrestling Tees. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I heard they had a
3: bad one over the holidays. I've never ordered anything from them, so I have no idea. But there are people very, very angry there. Well, there's people angry about a lot of things.
5: Well, that's true. Uh, No, although I did order a shirt, and I have no clue if it ever actually arrived to the the winner of the contest uh, on this very website, so...
3: Hey, you know, since we're airing some grievances still here about the holidays, because, you know, Festivus uh, hangovers here, you know, GCW, and everything, got to make fun of them for, you know, just got one of Avery's gifts today, so Merry Christmas, son. There's your Joey Janella VHS, which we don't have a VHS for anymore, so I don't know why the hell we bought that, but that's what you wanted, so that's what dads do.
5: Well, I'll tell you what I want, Mike, What's and that? I want 11 30 Pacific time to hit tonight so that I can watch this Stardom Queendom show because I, I'm bookending my day. I woke up with Raw, which we could cover. There's a few more interesting things that happened on that show yeah. that we didn't talk about. And then I'm going to end it tonight, staying up late watching the startup pay per view. So a full day packed of wrestling. There'll be some doink watching in between for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't complain during this winter break. Would be any grip work taking
3: place during that time as well too, especially when Doink is on.
5: Probably more during the Stardom show.
3: <laughs> that's that's uh man. Anyway, look, we started the show with it, so we might as well continue on with it. We can get back to Raw here in a little bit. But Otami, hayashishita you Shishida and Suri? I know you took me to task saying Suri could be. In fact, and in your mind, is of course the the wrestler of the year, the women's wrestler of the year. My my partner on the end of Mike Big Audio Nightmare would say Tam Nakano. There will be people out there saying any number of women out of stardom could be the wrestler of the year. I'm sure there's somebody saying, well, what about Britt Baker? Look, I love Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, Serena Deev. I love all of them, love them. But what those women are doing in stardom right now is is really extra special, and the Hayashi Shishida's feud has been extra special because not only has it been fantastic inside the ring and a great example of two great workers meshing together, what it also has been has been a great feud that has helped boost stardom at a time where, you know, they rallied and throughout COVID, even though things have not been perfect, with Julia settling into place and fans, older stardom fans, being able to, to accept her and accept Donna Del Mondo, and we've seen people come back to the company who have been gone for a while and just everything has clicked for stardom here recently. I mean, honestly, hayashi Shishida and Siri really are as important to their company as almost anyone is, whether it be CM Punk and Daniel Bryan to AEW or Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar to WWE. If those two went out of there right now, yeah, they could still continue on, but what they're doing has really been special.
5: Yes. And this is, I mean, with the build, I'd have to say this is the match that I've been looking forward to the most this year. Um, Everybody should be following the Stardom Twitter account. If you're not, you should go do so now. Because what they have done is they put up a card, but it contains short snippets, which are uh, descriptions of the match and what's at stake. And, I mean, just to read the last one, Shuri's on a quest to win the World of Stardom title in honor of her late mother, but standing in her path is the Red Queen, Utami Hayashashida. They battled to 43 minutes with no winner in June. Now they have no time limit, exclamation point. And I think they're going to put an exclamation point on the year for stardom as we head into 2022. And... You know, what's kind of been almost an afterthought in a lot of ways is the stardom being featured on the main card of Wrestle Kingdom because we have this huge show, because we have this huge matchup coming up. And a lot of the Joshi pundits, the other professional wrestling journalists like myself have been picking the Red Queen, Utami Hayashishita to retain the title. Head into the new year and uh, possibly break the defense record for stardom. But I think this is heading to a Shuri win tonight. Now is the time to pull the trigger. And, you know, it's been a great year for myself, the New Japan Strong Openweight Champion, one UFC veteran. And I think it's going to be an even better year After tonight, for another UFC veteran, the former UFC featherweight? No, strawweight? Strawweight, I think. Shuri Kondo. Have you two
3: been sliding into each other's DMs? No. Okay, just checking. (laughs) Shuri, hi, Shishita A couple years ago. Uh, two years ago, in fact, uh, went to a time limit draw during the five-star Grand Prix. Earlier on this year in the Cinderella Tournament, Suri got a victory over Hayash which gets forgotten about a little bit because it was the Cinderella Tournament and because all eyes were on the double knockout, which took place, uh, what was it here, in June is when that took place, the 45-minute banger, literally, that they had and just absolutely killed each other, and we've seen both of them since against uh, other opponents, but everything was leading towards uh, the five-star Grand Prix again, where I don't think it really... I thought this was great booking... I really thought it was intelligent booking because everybody knew that they were probably going to face off again in the five star grand prix. And they, they went with the double knockout first as opposed to doing a draw and then doing another 20 minute draw, which people would have accepted. But I thought by doing it in the way that they did it, I thought that was really intelligent. And it really did make sure that people knew they were going to get the third, you know, obviously the fourth, but the third matchup between the two uh Of real note and have it be for the World of Stardom title. So I guess this really comes down to whether or not you think that Haya shishida is going to break Io Shirai's record. Now, when it comes to how long she holds on to the belt, I think Shirai had two reigns. I think one was like 600 days, one was well over 400 days. You know, I guess Haia Shishida, I think she could hold on to the belt and do that. And I think you can go ahead and have her break that record if, say, Julia is the person that you're going to want to see take the title off of her. And I know we're going to probably have a, a lineup shakeup, you know, when it comes to the factions at some point next year. I mean, that could play into it. I don't know. I kind of like that idea, although I can certainly see where. This would be the time. If you're a Shuri fan, I think, I mean, if she doesn't win this, what do you do? What? What?
5: you, you got to pull that trigger. You now? have to pull the trigger on Shuri. Yes. Now is the time. What if you That's don't? My thought. <laughs> well, then we're going to continue to get some of the best wrestling on the planet. <laughs> I'm so sure from up, but Shuri's <laughs> not going to be the champion. No, um, she will not. But, and, hey, well,
3: you know, you're exactly right, and I can see them doing it, and they probably should do that because if you also look at it as what else really does Haia here after a year, you know, what else does she really have to prove as champion?
5: Well, interestingly enough, you asked that question because if she does retain the title, then I think it's a very easy scenario in the second match from the top to have... Uh, I believe it's Saya Kamatani, defeat Tam Nakano. Nakano has already defeated Utami Hayashashida during the five-star Grand Prix. She is the current, would be secondary title holder, but you can make a case that that is now the top title due to her win over Hayashashida, and you could easily have Kamatani defeat her. The story already is that Nakano cannot figure out Kamatani, who she helped, you know, bring up through the ranks, um, and move Nakano into the title scene for the big red belt. I mean, really, I don't see any losing scenario when it comes to whoever wins any of these matches. And up and down the card, uh, I think it, it's a lot of like matches like that. You know, I, it's I'm not invested. I, I'm I'm very much invested in the matches themselves, but I think that whoever wins, you have a lot of options coming out of it.
3: Absolutely, yeah, and I think Kamitani gets that win. And what you again, what you decide to go ahead and do from there, you know, whatever whatever you, you want to do. One, one thing that is interesting is what is going to be emotional for a lot of Stardom fans and for a lot of people is going to be not Julia's return, but it is going to be the retirement of Konami after this match. At least a going away for a little while due to a lineup of injuries that she's suffering so we're going to get into a little bit more on this card as well as of course yes monday night raw we do have to give you a little bit of that and give you our our thoughts on some of the matches that did take place because as tom mentioned there was a little bit of good action there even though way too many promos but we ended all that stuff we get back from break wrestling observer live
1: please 800-756-3744 800-756-3744 800-756-3744 that's 800-756-3744 do you love driving but you don't love your car payment open road lending can reduce your car payment by as much as a hundred dollars a month or more It's easy to refinance your car payment. Just call today to get your no-obligation quote and find out how much you can save. To qualify for a lower car payment, your car should be less than 10 years old, have less than 125,000 miles, and you've made at least six on-time payments. Call Open Road Lending today to learn how you can lower your rate and your payment by refinancing.
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back on the show, Mike Sempervivi here with you, Filthy Tom Lawler. Shout out to all the Twitch homies out there. I don't, uh, can't do two things at the same time, so I don't, I don't have any screens open. Plus, you know, from a technology point of view, I don't want anything to crash as the show is going on. But I'm sure you appreciate all of the hairy fraud beats, just like that one right there, Filthy. Uh, back to stardom here and, uh, our plans for tonight watching, uh, what's going to be taking place. Artist of Stardom Championship. I am looking forward to this one maybe as much as any other match because, well, a lot of my favorites are in here, including Micah, Natsupoi, Mina Shirakawa, people like that. And, uh, uh Himeka, Natsupoi, Micah against, uh, Sayaka, Shirakawa, and Sakurai for the Artist of Stardom Championship. Now, one could say, since now that they have, Conquered the 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 trios tournament and the the ladder match and they've got their vacation money and everything looked all happy and cheery between Mika and Natsupoi that we could have some mistakes happen here which could lead to a loss. I mean, it's not like uh, they need to hold on to those 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 six women titles, but. I don't see really any reason to change those belts either. And I think a, a mighty Donna Del Mondo is the, uh, they are my favorite faction. So them continuing to stay very, very strong is something that makes me very, very happy.
5: Yeah. I cosmic angels were not able to win these titles with their leader. Tam Nakano in the fall that the, um, what is it, Osaka super wars show. So you know the odds are stacked against them leading into this match you could make the case you know after uh after donna del mondo won the faction wars that you know what is there left for them to do but i think the visual of them having the title belts being on vacation is exactly kind of what you want out of them uh coming out of this
3: Adam's probably going to scream at me, but I didn't know this until I saw the Voices of Wrestling preview that the women, they were wearing the masks that are attacking the rookies and have been attacking the rookies. Uh, Julia uh, apparently saying that they're going to join Donna Del Mondo in January. So that I believe
5: Julia was one of them, wasn't she? I well, believe- I
3: don't know. I know the mask came off during one of those moves, but, uh, they, <laughs> they, they were able to cover that up. But, uh, if that would make sense if that, you know, it wouldn't shock me, I guess, then if she was one of them alongside somebody else there. But again, that match, again, no, Julia is going to win it, obviously, because she is coming back and Konami is leaving here, but, Again, it very it is, I'm sure, again, very going to be very interesting to see whether Konami does come back. I mean, we've seen people leave for a long period of time and then make their way back, but she's had injuries that hopefully heal up enough for her to return at some point, Tom.
5: Yeah, they're portraying this as more of a hiatus than a retirement. And, I mean, it, just look up and down the card. In the high-speed title match, you have Koguma, who I don't know how long she was gone for, but it was quite a while, years. Six years. Yeah, and she came back and, um, you know, largely has done well. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. We've seen this happen plenty of times in wrestling where people take some time off and come back, and hopefully that's the case with Konami. Uh, But, yeah, I think you're going to have a Julia win in that matchup. Uh, And you talked about, or, I mean... We talked about Donna Del Mondo having these new members. Are they perhaps going to be people who are already in the fold, new trainees? Are they going to be people people from outside of the promotion? And in another big match, we have somebody who's kind of viewed as an outsider at this point, but was actually originally a stardom trainee, Takumi Aroha, teaming with Mayu Iwatani, taking on Hazuki and Momo Watanabe as a um, an homage to the 10th anniversary of stardom. They have four of the top trainees over the past 10 years competing against each other in a tag match.
3: Yeah, you know, Suzu Suzuki and Risa Sera, and you had the, the group of women that left Ice Ribbon that people... It would make perfect sense for them to come in to at least some of them, and this would be a fine way to do it you know if you wanted to go and go ahead in that direction uh you know Rowan and Iwatani you know a lot of people you know Iwatani and Watanabe probably for maybe the average you know and especially the newer. Uh, American fan looking at the scene probably doesn't get it with them, doesn't really know how impactful and how important Iwatani has been to that promotion after all the departures and things that they had a couple years ago. She was always one, you know, right at the level of the ship there, and you know, with Watanabe going over there with Husuki, I I thought I would say that they're going to get the victory. You know, I I actually would, to me, it would make sense, you know, her moving units and, and going ahead and getting a big win there, but You know, again, with Aroha and and Iwatani, again, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Iwatani this year, too, and what direction they decide to to start moving her in and what they have planned for her as well, too. But should we get on this Raw
5: review? Should we do that? Well, I don't know. I was going to ask you who you thought was going to lose that fall between Aroha and Iwatani if you have Hazuki and Watanabe winning because Aroha's only lost to Hayash I believe. And but sure a
3: I can right. see a Aroha losing in a way, again, doesn't, you know, you could have Iwatani lose too, but Aroha losing in a way where Watanabe does something dirty, and I think that's what's going to be the asterisk that you can put on there is going to be something that if she does go over, you know, black peach style, you know, whatever it's going to be, I think that's that's how that would go so you have an out for her loss, you know, being under nefarious means.
5: Okay, I'll accept that as a legitimate answer. We can now move on to Raw. Although with all of the departures, I think the show was more cooked than it was raw in a lot of ways. Because it was overdone. It was well It was done overdone. At some overseasoned yeah. Yeah. at some points as well.
3: Well, it's Pittsburgh in a way, too, because it's like, you know, they charted in some ways, but also there were some parts in there that just weren't done. Not done well, at least, and there were it was just a it was a rough show, and this is a rough time, and I'm not going to to bury the performers or anything like that. I swear the Street Profits looked like they uh, hadn't slept in 24 hours. I mean, everybody just kind of looks, they just looked ragged, and with everything going on uh, with COVID and everything else, I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, the half hour to start the show of American Alpha and RK-Bro, that, that told the story for the whole night in that, I liked everybody that's involved. You know, it was a way to get to two matches, which they had to do, but because they didn't have a lot of people there and they had to fill a lot of time, literally it was a half hour of them coming out cutting a promo. Then Chad Gable comes out, you know, with Otis just standing there looking big and they jawed back and forth, which led to Chad Gable and Matt Riddle, which since you had so much time to fill, it was so short and not what I wanted. And then unfortunately for me, otis goes out there ultimately gets pinned by randy orton after an rko all that stuff last week about him being able to not have the neck to cause a wreck with the rko it 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 ends up taking place now and it's like damn to me you got that rk bro match set up against either montez at the time we didn't know whether it would be the street profits or the mysterios and it's like Why can you not have American Alpha win? Because they're the bad guy team anyway. No matter which one of the three teams comes out of day one with those belts, you can have American Alpha face them. And you can have that little thing that, you know, not that Otis is impervious to anything, but at the very least that he's got something on his resume. I think that, that was the disappointing part for me in that the street profits have been out because of COVID or whatever the issue has been. And now they come back and it's like, damn, you know, that whole thing was really just a placeholder and I think a waste of American Alpha.
5: Yeah, I'm not going to complain anytime you can get some action between Riddle, Chad Gable, Randy Orton, Otis in there. But I would like to see, and I think a lot of people have the same sentiment, they like to see Chad Gable especially because Otis has gotten somewhat of a push. uh, But they like to see Chad Gable get a little bit more. And when you have all those parts out there. Uh I think they deserve more time, especially in the ring, because the promo to set this up went on too long and it was largely uneventful. Chad Gable and Otis just came out and they set up the match. Why not give them more in ring time? The crowd was ready for it. The crowd was hot throughout the show. Uh they enjoyed the action here, but you had Riddle pick up a pinfall and I don't know, probably three minutes, maybe four minutes. And then the Otis and Orton match went through a commercial, but it wasn't long. You know, we're, we're talking maybe five, six minutes there. Another four and minutes, yeah. So, I mean, when you have those guys out there, they're all over with the crowd to a certain degree. Certainly, Gable and Otis are more over than their push are. And RK-Bro, I think, is one of the best acts WWE has right now. So, let them shine in the ring. You know, and... <sighs> I mean, and
3: I don't want to see Orton and and, and Riddle broken up anytime soon. I know they're like, well, what about WrestleMania? And I can see them wanting to do that. Don't do it. My God, don't do it. I think they're better off as a team.
5: And, you know, Mike, I want to absolutely bury the terrible finish in Damian Priest and Dolph Ziggler where Damian Priest just beat up Dolph Ziggler for too Uh... long. He got mad. But I mean, if you're dead set on doing something like that on one of these shows, why not have Randy Orton do it to Otis? and give them a win? Or why not have something happen there where there's a DQ and the Alpha Academy has some reason to come back and face off against these guys again? Because unfortunately, even though I know that they're great wrestlers, I don't believe that they stand a chance against RK, bro.
3: Yeah, and that's, that's a big issue. And that's the problem. And that's one of the reasons that why wrestling worked back in the day and why you, it's important to have a lower mid card, a mid card, an upper mid card. You need slots. You need to win certain things against certain guys. And, you know, again, it's just, it's simple pro wrestling booking that unfortunately they just refuse to do. And I do want to fast forward to the Ziggler priest match because you brought it up in that. I look at Damien Priest and I think, Jesus, you know, there's a guy who's got it. But he's got age on him. He's got a life experience on him. He looks like a killer. He's got a kind of a cool backstory. I mean, it's there, there are these, so, these built-in advantages, but they can't help themselves. And you can see it happening where they want Damien and they want Priest. And Priest is going to be the guy that goes out there and, you know, he's trying to fight off the urges, but then something happens and now we're going to have Damian. And it's like, oh, no, this is really what they're going to do. This is what they have planned for this guy is this dual personality, basically like Finn Balor has, but it's going to be Damian and the Priest. I can see this. Am I crazy?
5: No, I think you're heading in the right direction there because what happened is Dolph Ziggler slapped him. And I was thoroughly enjoying this match. You know, Dolph Ziggler is... Highly underutilized. I mean, it's been said for years, but the guy is a great performer. But he's out there. He slaps Damian Priest in the face. And all of a sudden, Damian Priest just can't help himself. He has to take down Ziggler, ground and pound him, beat him up in the ropes, and not obey the referee's five count. Just the dirt worst, the absolute lowest, bottom of the barrel, Brian Alvarez level finish that they came up with there. And that's one of my biggest complaints is I start getting invested in some of these matches. I'm watching this match. I'm like, I like what I'm seeing. This happens all the time on SmackDown too. And then we just get these terrible, terrible endings. And it's painful, Mike, because you know, watching most of the other companies, you're not going to be dealt that hand at the end. You're not going to be fed that terrible, dog food dessert at the end of your meal like you get sometimes with wwe and you know what
3: folks we're 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 pushing up towards the end of this show for for today and you know i was watching miz and maurice and edge out there and you you saw that big thing of chocolate syrup come down it's take the place of the, the brewed bloodbath because we can't have blood anymore, so we're going to pour chocolate syrup all over them. I guess that's what that was. And I can't do this with Brian, so I'm going to ask Filthy to think about this over break and ask him when the last time he was rolling around with a woman in white underneath a whole bunch of chocolate syrup. I'll let him ponder that, and as well as you, too. We'll be back from break. Lance Russell music. Russell's are alive.
1: that's 800-693-8290.
4: Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedar sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California.
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
4: Oh, Hello. Hello, everybody. Hey, there's Mike Sempervivi over there. Common ass. Is that common. filthy Tom Lawler? You are dirty. I have never seen. Dirty. Tom, how come every time I run into this show, you have to put your, your head in your hands? Oh. Here he is again. I'm back everybody! Hey Hey Mike, hey Tom What's the Twitch oh. homies up to today? Is this Brian or, or Oh hey look there, look at that Wow Got a brand new camera set up while I was gone. You go put yours on or you just gonna talk. Well, I didn't tell anybody, so Jared didn't even know to get the camera set up, so. You punk. I'll probably be a uh, giraffe. You'll have to wait tonight. Brian and V show only at WrestlingObserver.com, videof 4 I will return triumphantly to this site. Trying to remember how to do these shows. What is that? What? It's the official merch since you don't give me any. Is that a bobblehead? Yes. wow. Put that thing in front of the mic. There we go. Now we got solo semp. What's going on, everybody? How's it been going since I've been back? Or gone? Or whatever? It was was great. Dom, how did it go?
3: Buzzkill here.
4: Oh, was it really? That's not what I was expecting Dom to say. You must have done a good job. What would you think? What would you think? I don't know. I mean, Tom's been here as well. What's happening, Tom? You're just sitting there gobsmacked.
5: Am I talking to Brian? Yeah. Or did you forget to take off the suit? No, I'm What's here. What's going on over there? I'm Are you still role-playing? You're still role-playing after vacation?
4: Bro, Come on. I was there a second this ago. A I kid don't know friendly where my camera show, went. Buddy. Hey, listen, I want to thank you all for the last week and a half. You realize that's the longest I have taken off this job since 2005. 16 years I haven't had a vacation. Now I'm back with a Vengeance. And I want to thank Mike, as always, callers and listeners, old Filthy Tom, the Penguin behind him, Twitch homies, everyone in the studio. I'll talk to you next time, Wrestling Observer Live.